Hello and welcome to the Marketing Meetup podcast. I'm really grateful for you listening today. My name is Joe Glover. Today we're going to be trying something a little bit different. We're going to be having a webinar session with Andy Lambert from ContentCal. ContentCal are a social media scheduling tool, um, but with some really well thought through features within it. I'll let you check out ContentCal if you'd like to after this webinar. But for the meantime, we're going to be focusing all on the entrepreneurial journey and how ContentCal have scaled from zero to 30,000 customers over the course of three years. Specifically, they're in the SaaS space, which is notoriously competitive and really hard to gain any traction in. So they've done incredibly well. And I think the lessons that Andy brings through are just the type of thing which are really reassuring to a lot of people who feel like they're doing a lot of stuff, but don't necessarily feel like it's landing. Or if they're operating in an environment which feels very short term focused, when in fact, there is a little bit about it, which all just requires a bit of patience and a lot of hard work. I'll let uh, Andy and myself pick up the, the conversation in just a moment after I've said a big thank you to Baz, the beautiful Baz from Bravo Marketing. And there's a lot of alliteration going on here, it's cool. <laughs> um, Baz is the guy that you fly in if you need a creative director for hire. Baz is not only a creative chap, he specializes in delivering results from that creativity. So it's a real blend of uh, creative marketing, but also that performance marketing that you, you really require in any marketing scenario these days. If you'd like to know more about the wonderful Baz uh, and Bravo Marketing, head to bravomarketing.co.uk. The other thing is just to say to check out the Marketing Meetup website as ever. It's an insane resource. It's only getting better over the course of time. I think you'll find something there which will hopefully make you smile, will hopefully educate you, and will uh, hopefully just make you a better marketer and hopefully a happier person. So with all that said, all that's left to do is pass over to something a little bit different in the Marketing Meetup's first ever webinar. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Marketing Meetup podcast and welcome to our first ever webinar. We're going to be uh, bringing both of these formats together and, uh, and doing something we've never done before. And today I am more than delighted uh, to be welcoming my guest, my friend, uh, Andy from Content Camp, who uh, we, we've only been interacting with for the past, I don't know, couple of months, but already uh, like with... Uh, We've hit a real sweet spot where, where things seem to be going really well. And I'm sure you'll know why by the end of this conversation, because he is just the most lovely man in the entire world. So uh, <laughs> in today's podcast, we're going to be um, focusing all on the journey. And the reason why this is relevant is that um, the Marketing Meetup has been on a journey, um, but ContentCal have also been on a journey. They're a SaaS offering who now have over 30,000 customers throughout the world. And that's over a course of about three years, which is just incredible. And you can correct me on any of these facts. And just say, <laughs> bang on. Yeah, yeah, that's all good. <laughs> and 30,000 people in, in 30,000 customers is, is just unreal. So um, hopefully by the end of this session, we would have unlocked some of the secrets to growing a SaaS company or just a business in general. So thank you very much for taking the time today, Andy. Anytime, Joe. Anytime. <laughs> See, you're so lovely. <laughs> so um, I, th I think it's worth starting from the top. And, and this isn't a pitch at all, but I think it is worth just explaining the context around what Content Cal is uh, for anyone not familiar. So could you give just like 20, 30 seconds on, on, on what you're doing and then um, sort of focus in on the journey of building it? Yeah, sure thing. So yeah, so as the name might suggest, it's a social media uh, content planning, publishing, analysis, and kind of responding platform. So the idea being that teams, agencies, or brands can go ahead, organize their content, and simple intuitive calendar interface, collaborate around it, because the best content's always created together, send for approval, um, publish that content across multiple social networks and blogs, etc., and then analyze the performance. So yeah, so that's, that's us really. That's wicked. And uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed, I actually knew of Andy before I met you and, and uh, I remember seeing you present at a conference once and 
um, you were actually sponsoring the event and you actually stood at the front and sort of said, I'm actually not going to speak about my product. So I, I know that that's, <laughs> it's quite a natural for you almost being the person that you are to, uh, to, to ask you to sort of explain what it is and sort of, in, 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 and, um, sort of look on yourself. Cause I know you're very interested in other people, which makes you mm. the person you are. So I guess <laughs> my first question is, you know, what was the problem that you were really trying to solve? You know, because there are competitors out there in, in the space already. So what was it that you sort of thought would be really important that you could do differently? Great. So, yeah, to, to kind of set the scene in a bit of context, really, because um, it, whilst all of the, the statistics you said at the start are kind of sound really impressive, <laughs> um, I, I don't consider myself to be particularly impressive. Um, however, so the way that... Um, the way that this started were, and I can't be credited for the initial idea either. So kind of my story into um, being entrepreneurial is, is a kind of slightly different one. So it might be kind of interesting. So the initial um, acorn of this idea was born from Alex Packham, who's our CEO and, and initial founder. So I'm one of the founding team. Um, so Alex worked for Now TV, which I'm sure lots of people know as the social media manager. Um, and he was tasked with managing his social content in a massive Google sheet that had lots of different color codes and basically building all the content for all the different shows they'll show on Now TV and publishing that and kind of organizing a plan for promoting that across channels utter utter nightmare <laughs> so um as most of the best of us do so when you get good at something working for a business you typically leave and then freelance your services back to that business <laughs> so alex in 2014 uh, left now tv obviously owned by sky um and created an agency of which he called uh, astp and then um kind of built that agency for, for a year or so, kind of taking on some clients, you know, doing, you know, lots of people here working kind of freelance small agency scenario, yeah, right? So absolutely. you can identify with the journey and so can James. Yeah. So, um, so that's great. Now, obviously in the back of Alex's mind was always like, you know, there's, there's got to be a better way for doing this because your is a completely duplicative process. Build a sheet, Google sheet, you're sending emails to your team to get, you know, input and collaboration on it. A Google sheet ends up just becoming so unwieldy and then you still got to use another tool to publish it another tool to analyze the performance complete nightmare mm -hmm. so um so the way that the idea was born that was that was it really so alex had kind of mocked up this this idea he drew it drew it on a, a back of a napkin i think it was so he still got that that initial design which is so it's fascinating to see exactly exactly um and then i guess this is this is the point where where i come into into the frame that um Alex, Alex played an absolute blinder in this, in this case that he had taken what he'd seen at a business at now TV, um, mocked up this, this version of the product, didn't do it, didn't do it himself, actually basically outsourced it to someone for what we'd call sweat equity. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically do it for free and we'll give you a bit of the company if, if something happens. So that, that was great. So real proper MVP type of scenario um and then now tv went yeah you know what we'll have a go with that and help and help develop it so alex had got that basically and at that point um alex decided to do something called the accelerator academy uh, so it's a bit of a long story but hopefully it's making sense so accelerator academy um as the name might suggest this is some people with ideas very early stage pre-seed funding basically like you know Here's, here's your kind of nugget of an idea. Let's team you up with mentors uh, and see where you can go from there. Now, uh, in a parallel universe as to what's happening at the same time, um, I was working at another SaaS business in the construction industry, um, so completely different, mm -hmm. and basically taking a company that existed in the US and creating a market for them in the UK. So built that company for a couple of years, and it got sold to Oracle, which was cool. So the... Um, the person that I, that I was working with is a guy called Colin Smith, who is a serial entrepreneur and become my inspiration and kind of my, my mentor. So, um, so when, when uh, this construction business got sold to, to Oracle, uh, Colin said to me, he's like, what are you doing now? I was like, mm, don't know, really? <laughs> Get another job. Um, as you know, that's kind of run its course with, with that construction business. It was yeah. like, well, what are you doing next Tuesday? Um, I was like, I don't know, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, uh, it's like I'm a mentor of someone uh, that I'd like you to meet. 
So I sat there uh, and little did I know, I went to, um, I think this was at Barclays office in, um, in Liverpool Street. So I sat there in the audience with a bunch of investors where this was pitch day at the Accelerator Academy. Wow. So, um, so I sat next to Colin um, and Colin was like, any of these companies that have pitched today, any of them that you fancy? I was like, um, I think you've got me wrong. I don't have money to invest. I'm like, I'm happy to, to join something, but I can't invest. I don't. Basically, I've got a house and kids to feed. Hey, um, yeah, house to feed, kids to feed, uh, and a house to pay. Um, so anyway, so Colin was like, well, just irrespective of that, which company would you would you invest in? Uh, I was like, well, that one, Content Cal. Um, I was like, because I fancy. I get the idea. Um, <laughs> I fancy Alex. So, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, basically funny you say that because I'm thinking of putting in quarter of a million quid um, to, to invest in this business. And I'll do so if you, if you join Alex, I was wow. like, consider me bribed. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and basically that's, that is a yeah very kind of long story of, of how I joined content cal so i don't really class myself as an entrepreneur i can class myself as thinking maybe i have an entrepreneurial mindset but mm-hmm. um yeah where alex is amazing at thinking of like brand new ideas mm-hmm. where where i come into it is like if if you lay a couple of jigsaw pieces out then i'm quite good at making the rest of the puzzle yeah yeah, yeah. so just need something to go on but <laughs> yeah so that's that's the problem and how i kind of got involved in it <laughs> Interesting. So, uh, you know, that's, that's actually really fascinating. And, and have you ever had the discussion with Alex to sort of think, you know, like what his first impression of you was, you know, because presumably it was quite a big deal if, you know, someone was saying it's quarter of a mil and, and here's this guy as well. Um, yeah, I have asked him that before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, it's a bit of a, a weird one. Yeah, how do I say it? So um, I think Alex probably would describe me as probably over-enthusiastic, uh, I imagine. Um, and But one thing about Alex is like, he is, unlike many founders of, of a business, he has been the least kind of, proud man I've ever met in the sense of not wanting to own things and just being like, you know, if you, if you have an idea, let's crack on. And so, you know, I I didn't feel like, I felt like it was in meeting you really, where it's like, it just feels natural. It feels a good fit. And it's one of those intangibles. Mm -hmm. It's, you get a good feeling. You go like, can I dedicate, you know, what is the majority of my life now to, to being, you know, to working with this person. And I guess that's, that's really what it comes down to in, in, in a startup is like, you know, you have to work with people that, you know, you're going to see more than your friends and your family. So you better be damn sure that you can work with them and get on with them well. So, and that's, I guess it just, it just felt natural. So it was like with most things in life, when, when things have worked well, you know, you don't really question them in the moment. You just go, oh, that feels feels the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, that's, that's the best answer possible. You know, I, I can really, you know, sort of empathise with that, that situation. You know, if I sort of think about um, my relationship with James in particular, but also with the rest of the organisers locally, you know, that, that sort of clicking moment, you know, it's uh, it's magic. It's, it's awesome, you know. There's nothing quite like it. It just becomes good fun you know you know and 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 if you do have that relationship from the start it's amazing what can be achieved you know so it's wicked um and that's exactly it exactly it <laughs> so you mentioned now tv would they be sort of considered like the first quote-unquote client as such or, or, or at least used yeah, so they, yeah, so it's quite an impressive first user to have. Um, and this kind of goes on to, you know, to kind of the difficulty in the journey mm-hmm. is that Now TV would, was our first beta client. So when, when I met Alex, you know, had Now TV. Um, but within six months of me getting involved in this and trying to kind of build this out, because obviously you get excited, you're like, right, we're whole of Sky and Sky are owned by Fox. Let's get the whole of Fox. This is going to be amazing. We're going to be millionaires immediately. Uh, within six months of doing this, uh, Sky left. Now TV left. So they're like, oh. Um, so a corporate, basically a corporate mandate came in to use a product called Sprinkler, um, which had been sold to at the executive level. We're working with like the social media team. So, you know, they'd turn around to us and said, um, really sorry, our hands are tied. We'd loved kind of working with you. Um, 
uh, yeah, it's out of our hands. So that was um, that was a bitter pill to swallow uh, in the early stages. That is for sure. Absolutely. And, and what kind of runway did you have on that sort of quarter of a million? You know, were you sort of by losing that client, were you in impending sort of danger, or, or did you sort of still have a bit of a war chest? To sort of we had. We had a war chest and because we had the agency as well, um, so the agency was running, we restructured it a bit, um, but, and we'll we'll talk around if if you want to actually, because there's there's some interesting learnings around running a services and a software business together. Um, (laughs) That's been one of the hardest things. But yeah, from a a services perspective, the agency gave us cash flow. Right. So um, yeah, the investment the investment was kept as its own little kind of war chest to use your use your terminology. So that there would never be any cross pollination of the two businesses. So the services business runs itself, but um, the everyone drew their salaries from the services business. So that was you know so that's good. So that that kept us afloat. Where you know because it would have been nearly impossible actually knowing what our cash burn rate is like from a, especially as we've grown this software business yeah. um, would have been nearly impossible to do it without having a, a services business running at the same time that's really interesting so i guess once you got to that point where you sort of have lost now tv and you know you're sort of looking at the business and you're like oh crap you know i mean obviously you've got the services background uh, services uh, uh, company in the background you know keeping you going keeping the lights on but I mean how did you then start to move towards you know even starting to gain traction you know in the market you know and, and find those customers that were beyond now TV yeah and that was um and this this has been a real challenge in the early days because when you get you know investors get quite excited because you you kind of say you got now tv and everyone goes oh well this is exciting this must be this must be an enterprise product and then very quickly because i'd been quite in previous businesses because i've always been involved in sales and marketing roles i've used like hootsuite and buffer extensively so looking at content cal you know i, I bought into content cal because like like I, I have a relationship with you. Like I saw Alex, met Alex. I was like, boom, love you. Um, we're going we're gonna to do great things together. The yeah. product was as ropey as anything, right? It was, yeah, it was, it was still very much MVP stage. Yeah. And at that point, you're like, this outside of the relationship with Now TV, which kind of got that in, mm-hmm. um, you, you can't, it's, it's what we call a moonshot deal. You know, mm-hmm. that is, this is, this is one off. So it's non replicable. And that's the really, really challenging thing. So managing it, investors expectations to say, it's going to take some time this, you know, it's going to be a great thing. Um, but you know, that is not our market. And I've, I've spent a lot of time in, you know, making sure our investors understood that we are not an enterprise play. We will be, we will be, but it's really well catered for in the market because typically when you, when you enter a market, you want to go for, you know, 10 grand a month software subscriptions, yeah. not 10 quid a month. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a journey to get there. And that's, and that's a difficult thing that it's, you know, it always takes longer than you thought and it always costs more money than you thought basically. And that's, that's definitely a truism, but like, um, so talking about traction though, this is the, I guess the important thing. So I read a book, which was, um, a useful one. If was funny enough, it's called traction. Um, very, very well known. And that was a really good model in the early days of like trying lots of different things and seeing which ones worked. So I'd recommend anyone reading that. Um, and then something I mentioned to you the other day at the, uh, at the event is a book called the startup owner's manual. Um, I love it so much. I got, I got two copies of the damn thing, um, uh, with all of these notes. So, um, basically I have one copy for home and one copy when I don't, I don't read it anymore now. Um, but one copy, like I read it every day on the train and obviously I have my one at home so I can read it all the time. Awesome. Startup owner's manual. Um, bloody brilliant to be fair um very very dry definitely it's not an entertaining book um but in that the most critical thing is what's called like the customer development process Mm -hmm. is how you can approach people with a slightly different message now initially in very early stages we basically did what most people do which is a bit of a noob mistake which is purchase a list of data of names mass email blast 
throw mud at the wall does anything <laughs> stick shock yeah. horror nothing sticks right okay so there you go right we're lost now tv um <laughs> no one's really responding to my emails mm-hmm. so what gives so reading the, the startup owner's manual really really useful and customer development process um so that basically changes your approach to to a customer whereas where i would approach you typically in a previous way i'd be like hey joe i've got this great new social media tool i'd love to book in some time take you for a coffee so you can so you can run through it basically but you know that's a that's a sales pitch um so a slight change on that in a customer development process is kind of removing the sales element yes there's always going to be a sales element to Mm -hmm. to the interaction Mm -hmm. but the focus is more like Hey Joe, I, you've been in the marketing business for for years, and I really respect your views on marketing technology. This is not uh, this is nothing to do with sales. We're really early days of launching our product, and we've got a few ideas, but I'd be keen to hear yours. Um, I'd love to show you kind of MVP of what we built, just on a on a on a slide deck, and then hear what you hear what you're going to say about it. Hear your thoughts because we'd love someone like you to kind of influence the development of something like this. Um, and that means that loads of people come back to you because so many people get sales led emails where it's more kind of a little bit more development orientated. Not everyone has an appetite for it, but the people that do kind of come back and go, Oh, actually that's really interesting. And the fascinating part of that is that even though it's not really a sales approach, I'm just want to like Hoover as much information Mm -hmm. you go through the product and go through like the vision and the journey. People go, you know what? I get that. I actually get that. Um, because it's the same journey as like now TV. They're like, yeah, the product's not perfect. You know, but people are more than willing to compromise on things and features where Mm -hmm. they know that they're part of something. Mm -hmm. So, and not everyone is okay with that. But we started to gain a little bit of traction with those real, you know, the early adopters, you know, the technology adoption curve, you've got the early adopters, (laughs) early majority and that stuff. Absolutely. You know, that, yeah, crossing, (laughs) that's it. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, crossing the chasm is the book, isn't it? So, um, yeah, so those, those kind of early adopters approached with that kind of customer development methodology. Mm -hmm. Um, that was the thing that initially started being like, right, okay. There's there's something here. We're starting to see traction pick up. Um, then, so once once that's going, um, and that's that's still a bit of a slow burn. But the other thing that's really important, um, that's the kind of final note I had to to, to speak about on this one is <laughs> is um, writing to to kind of influential people just to not to sell, but to just go and take them for a coffee and have a chat. So, um, so back in, I still have this note, um, in my, in my Twitter DMs actually, uh, from, from October, 2016, which is before we launched and, um, which is actually just yeah, not even yeah, just three years ago now, but anyway, so uh, I wrote to a guy called Ian Anderson Gray. So, um, he had, um, he was actually at Cambridge. Um, I was calling him out on stage actually. So, um, about this, um, so I was Googling like one, one morning at some early hours, like Googling um, Hootsuite pricing just to do some research. And, you know, the first result for that was not Hootsuite's pricing page, was Ian Anderson Gray's review on Hootsuite of seven reasons not to use Hootsuite. I was like, oh, wow. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, so, um, so basically I, I wrote, I wrote to him, I was just, you know, say lovely things about his, um, his blog and his ability around SEO, because that's, that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I just want to, I'd love to come meet you and just, just have a chat. Mm-hmm. Um, it took him ages to, to reply and I, I followed him up, but, um, I, I drove to Manchester from, from Reading just to, just to buy him a coffee and just sit and chat with him. Um, just to hear about his journey because he talks a lot about tools yeah. and just, uh, for him to learn a little bit around well, what we've done and just take that little bit of extra time and love mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. think, you know, this person can potentially have fantastic influencing power for us. Mm-hmm. That's not going to come, but also cognizant of the fact that that doesn't, you know, that's the result of a relationship. Actually, I remember I wrote to you about two or three times before you responded to me first, Joe, as well. So no, um, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I've still got it in my uh, in my LinkedIn messages. <laughs> Oh, had, to, had to ask Glenka to put us in touch. Um, but, you know, <laughs> um, but you know, and that's and that's the thing. You're, you're a busy man, and you probably get 
you know, and like like Ian, you probably get loads of similar kind of approaches. And I'm just I'm just someone else. So any way to kind of make that into a more serious relationship to say, you know what, you're not you're not gonna do something for me straight away. Yeah. But I'm I'm here to invest in this relationship. Um I want to get to know you personally. And if this comes of something, then then it comes to something. And that that's been that's been a fantastic relationship and it's kind of set the the benchmark um for for kind of how we work now um in writing to you know and working with loads of people that are kind of well known within the the uk social media or content marketing scene digital marketing in general um working with them and them saying nice things and writing reviews because uh, if you ask most businesses one of the the best um, marketing channels they'll talk about is is word of mouth and it still is it still is Absolutely. so with you so two thoughts here the first is i'm wondering how many best friends that i've got stuck in my inbox the second thing about that um, that story and you know you know i'm i'm wholeheartedly with you actually you know in, in my previous role as a marketing manager we used to send gifts quite regularly you know for exactly the same reason that it was just something that was like we're not here to sell you know but we're just saying we value you as part of our community and we sort of want you know to sort of thank you for whatever you do you know and like literally if they got back to us we're sort of saying you know do you want to grab a drink or something like that you know so exactly um but it strikes me that even from day one and maybe you had a bit of a luxury because you had the cash flow coming in from the other business. But sure. it was a long-term sort of strategy. You weren't expecting results today or tomorrow. You were expecting, you know, that these things, you had faith that these things would turn into something at some point. I, I, I guess there's a couple of things here. The first is like, you know, was that, was that a conscious strategy and something that, um, Alex agreed with and then secondly how do you sort of manage those conversations internally because the, the context to this and the context that we operate in as marketers as salespeople is uh, one very much of short termism these days you know so um, I, I don't know I mean it's just fascinating to hear someone that, that doesn't seem to be living in that sort of space uh believe me there's enough pressure to to be short-termist uh that is that is for sure um and it's a really really hard thing to do and you're absolutely right there is um we, we have had a luxury uh of running the services business well it's a luxury and it's a curse at the same time because it's a it's a real distraction um and and we in an ideal world would have moved away from having that agency model a lot sooner but you know cash flow did not permit um you know it was at that point it's 90 percent of our revenues i was going down maybe one percent per month in yeah. terms of the revenue shit uh, split so it, it doesn't make sense yeah. and i remember speaking to the investors i was just like i just want to just want to get rid of it mm -hmm. and like they're like no chance you know right. alex was really keen to get rid of it but you know in investors have backed the whole business so yeah like no, no way is your cash getting burnt through that quickly right. so um it, it's very much a kind of that that situation running a services business has always has been like you know suck it up this is what you're doing basically right. Right. um actually if anything you need to grow it you know <laughs> and that's it's um and that's a real real distraction and we've we we battle with it to and fro um and I'll go into what, what we've done with it if we need to. But yeah, ultimately, so that, that was always going to be the battle. Mm -hmm. And beginning of like end of 2016, you know, when we had started to build some of these relationships, doing this customer development thing and, and getting this going, but it's quite clear that it's going to take a long time. Mm -hmm. um, Colin, the who is now the chairman of our company, Colin was my kind of mentor that I spoke about earlier. Um, Colin is very sensible in the sense that I'm so pleased he's our chairman because he, you know, he's someone that you, you, you would love him, put it that way. Right. <laughs> so, um, because he has a very similar mentality where it's not short termism, it's, mm -hmm. it does take a long time, but we do have quite a few investors that have all like chipped in a bit of cash, which is great. And a lot of them are like, well, can I ramp it up? Ramp it up. And it's, um, and you know, come December, 2016, we, 
we ran some promo on um, in a website called We Are Social Media, so um, or WeRSM.com. So it's a fairly fairly well known thing. But yeah, went out on email. We just paid a bit of money to do that, and we also did a few like uh, paid social ads and turned on paid search as well, which which generated a little bit. But like like if if there's one truism, and I was saying this to to Alex the other day. If like if there's one truism from from what we've run. Uh, you know, for the last three years of our journey is that there is no magic bullet. No single thing has done anything. You know, like, everyone's like, oh, what's the one, one trick? What's your hack? There is no hack. There is no hack. It's just, just graft, just grind. Mm-hmm. It's just time. Um, there's, there's nothing more to it than that, basically. Um, as well, as far as I'm concerned, maybe because I'm just not as bright as everyone else. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm uh, as from one not, not bright person to the other, then <laughs> I think <laughs> you seem to be okay. <laughs> Apologies, uh, because I have my these headsets, these headphones are connected to my computer and my phone. It basically just cuts off everything, so I'm too interconnected. Never mind. <laughs> it's the curse of modern living. <laughs> just, um, let me just turn this off. Give me a second. So the the joy. There you go. The life. The life of an entrepreneur. There we go. Let me just turn that off. So. Um, That's no problems. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. Um, where was I? Where was I? Uh, yeah, short-termism. So yeah, run some paid social and paid search ads, and they they were all right. But there's no there's no bad magic bullet. Now, um, for for our investors, however, um, there was still there was still the continual pressure of of trying to push up market and and to to the enterprise play, and this is where it's worked really well between you know certainly Alex has been amazing at this because Alex is all the investor facing persona and I'm kind of the internal facing one. So typically Alex will come to me after a, like a board meeting and be like, right, so these are the things we need to do. I'm like, mm, well, maybe, but yeah, you know, we, we're growing well quite, you, you know, we've, we've got a good foundation of growth. So we want to kind of continue that. And, and at that stage, you're always balancing the fact that the product is, you know, six months behind where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So um, there's no, there's no way really to, to to speed that up. Um, it just Alex has been phenomenal at like uh, like managing investors' expectations around this, keeping mm-hmm. keeping their their view on the long term strategy around what we're trying to do, um, and and the fact that this basically is just talking about a five year plan mm-hmm. all the time. So. Um, and that's it, because the, the the main objective has been like raise Series A, achieve some some milestones within. Uh, sorry, do seed funding, which we were doing at that stage, mm-hmm. um, achieve achieve some milestone growth objective over three years, mm-hmm. uh, raise a Series A fundraise, and at that point, when you raise a Series A, a lot of the early stage investors can cash out of that, and then you know mm-hmm. you move onwards and onwards. Mm-hmm. So. So there is always a kind of a long-term plan. Um, so yeah, the compromise is that we had to do more services business and drive that drive that revenue. Ultimately, just you know, we ended up having to employ people to to do that. You know what an agency's like, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. A software business, you can be lean, you can run the whole thing with five people. Yeah. Um, but with an agency, we had we had thirty people and twenty five of them were managing clients. Right. You know, right. you're like, you're like ah, yeah. this isn't this isn't quite right. Um, so in short i don't think i have i don't really have a real answer to it other than the fact that the compromise was spending more time on the services business which gave us the freedom to to grow the software business in the way that we'd want to um and of course software just takes and any kind of brand new business in the market that's dependent on subscriptions just takes a whole heap of time to grow so um yeah that that's the thing that bought us time yeah, you know, it, it strikes me that you know you say that you haven't done anything particularly special. Um, what's that effect? Um, but it seems like one of the things that you have done is a you've planned. So you've sort of mentioned a five-year plan. You know, and if you speak about a five-year plan, then presumably that sort of communicates a, a, an intention at least that you're able to um, lay out to to other people, um, which feeds into the second thing, which is just about communication. And, you know, it, it strikes me, you know, I haven't had the pleasure yet of meeting Alex, but like certainly from yourself, you know, it's about being open and transparent and just sort of having those sort of adult conversations, but having it in a place where it's like, well, we're all on the same side here. So let's just like communicate regularly, 
understand each other what we want and, and you know it's not rocket science but it seems like it's something that a lot of people struggle with I don't know it, it just seems quite interesting as a as an observation you know, so. yeah I mean to be fair you said it much more simply and concisely than I than <laughs> I managed to articulate but you're you're 100% right because every, every challenge is well most challenges are solved through good open communication anyway yeah. um um, and I remember, uh, I'm going to pardon my language here, but I quote, I remember speaking to Colin um, at a time where I was particularly stressed about this whole agency thing and just wanting to focus on the software. I was like, Colin, like, seriously, it's such a distraction. It's, you know, it's, we could be developing so much quicker if we weren't being dragged back into, into client stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's like, sorry, Andy, you just have to eat shit for a while. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, right. All right. I think we're, I think that pretty much closes that conversation down. It's like, this is, this is the way it is, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> just so we're clear, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. strong image <laughs> yeah yeah so um so that that pretty much shut me down on that one so yeah and and, and on, on we go um yeah that's so funny um and and you know it's quite interesting that you sort of speak about this approach as if it was something um maybe new to you a little bit um with content cal you know considering the background with the previous construction task company how did that compare in terms of your most effective sort of marketing channels as such. I mean, did you, did you approach it really differently back in the previous company, whereas you sort of seen the light now, so to speak, or, or what? Yeah, it's, um, there's some similarities and some, some differences. Um, so content marketing was a really good one for even for this construction business. Um, the space that it was in uh, lended itself well to like a, a really really kind of like sustainability message so so that was that was good and so that worked really well so um that basically created the foundation of the importance of content marketing that is more about content than marketing so rather than it being typical content marketing it's like here's the best way to create social media content oh guess what happens it's basically an avatar of content cal that no, i'm not talking about that i'm talking about content then marketing so content being things that are relevant to an to an audience and we even went so far as you know this was um the product was the construction product was about um a, a payment solution and very few people get paid on time in construction so that's like a quite a good like message so we we created a i created a a, um, a website called the the contractor payment blog so nothing to do had no mention of of the brand on there but it was basically just an in industry repository for all of my ramblings around you know this thing and getting loads of loads of other people to contribute to it so that became the most read thing on the subject matter in the space wow. so then it's content first then marketing afterwards so then it, when you start kind of running webinars to those people and you sponsored it by this this company it starts to become quite clear i remember turning up to one meeting and someone saying oh have you ever read this blog I was like, yeah, I, I write it. <laughs> and they were like, so, um, so it was, so it's, it's absolutely, and then immediately that like the whole tone of the meeting softened. They're like, oh, and it's, that's where content, like generous content works really, really well. Right. Um, so definitely that the same application of that within content Cal, definitely there's a very, very big similarity, but the key difference here where in the construction space, it was very, um, it's moved by political changes. So governed heavily by legislation and dependent heavily on like government regulation. So doing pest analysis, like political, economic, social, um, technological things, it's, it becomes much more structured in the way that you can see how a market moves. And we spent a lot of time with like government and legislators and legal firms because in a heavily regulated industry you have a fantastic opportunity to make that legislation and regulation work for yourself mm -hmm. so understanding that that kind of pest landscape is a really really good one in social media none of that stuff <laughs> so um so that that was quite different because then you've got you've got nothing nothing really to move people with like saying well if you don't do this then this happens there's no consequence yeah. you know social media and regulation might well be happening we'll see and that actually just that's a, sorry joe interrupted sorry i just said hashtag yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly so and it's it's still really kind of like 
yeah, nonsensical at the moment. There's, there's obviously loads of stuff going on, and it's it's not far away from having some decent regulation slapped on it, um, which I'm not completely opposed to. Um, well, I'm kind of two sides. It impacts freedom of speech, but on a more mercenary side, it makes um, it easier to to get products like us to to work in that kind of space. When anyone's dealing with regulation, you need you need products to help that um, and mitigate risk. So anyway. So that's what we didn't have. Um, but what we do do have, you know, in the space of digital marketers is an unbelievable community where, you know, and you've got so many of them dotted around marketing meetup being a, a key one and or like social media masterminds group or social media geek out on Facebook Matt Navarra's group, you know, all of this stuff. It's just it's the most vocal community. Um, you, don't, you don't have that in in many other industries. So in the digital marketing space, um, it becomes quite hard to try and think about like, are you max, are you entrenched in those communities enough? Are you doing enough with those communities? Um, and I don't think you ever can be doing enough. Um, but you know, that's where there's limitless opportunity in the space that we operate in. Absolutely. And I, I think that that's sort of, you know, I, I don't know whether that sort of attitude would be commonplace though. You know, I think, um, you know, the interaction I've had with previous uh, organizations who are probably a little bit more short-termist, again, to go sort of back to that, that sort of that, that discussion, then, you know, they're very much sort of speaking about like the CPA of, of an event, you know, and, 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 you know, the costs, you know, of the number of heads that you'll get through the, the event um, each year and stuff like that, and comparing it against the digital marketing channel. And it's just really interesting, you know, because you sort of speak about community and sort of embedding yourself in that. And actually that becomes, you know, quite powerful. And you, you know, we were speaking about the other day at the event, the brand affinity rather than brand awareness. You know, you, you, you know, people are not only aware of you, but they're, you know, they've got an emotional attachment to you, you know, which is um, quite something. So with the example of the construction company, you know, you sort of walk in and, you know, people know who you are from your, your writing. They might not know who you are, but they've, they've understood that you've been given to the community first. And then, you know, now you're in, in the room with them, then, uh, you know, it's amazing how that sort of changes, you know, and then that's uh, really something quite special. So, no, I love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't don't get me wrong. On our ROI sheet that we do at the end of the month of all of our marketing channels Absolutely. and our CPA, events is still on there, and events has a negative ROI. Um, yeah. But you know, um, but we would only stop those events, the community-driven um, things, over my dead body, basically, because <laughs> it's 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 been utterly fundamental. It's intangible. It's one of those things that you know, as we were talking the other day, you know. Measurement is good, but you you have to stop at a certain point um, because art and science overlap, yeah. um, and you just you just gotta let. And if you feel it's right, you've gotta let it breathe and let it go. So, and um, as far as as far as we're concerned, you know, if you take if you step back and take a whole picture of things, mm -hmm. and you can see where people are finding you from, because you know we've got we've got really good attribution. We can see where people have found us from and heard about us. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know we're always asking people how do they hear about us and that yeah. kind of stuff. Every time we speak to someone on the phone, and it's really clear they're like, oh yeah, actually, you know, one of my lecturers was talking about you, and <laughs> oh, someone saw you at an event, or yeah. Um, yeah, no, oh, my best friend said that was great, <laughs> or I spoke to Joe, I'm part of the marketing me like all of that stuff you know it's it's just network effects mm. and absolutely and you and you can't you can't measure network effects really i mean you can there, there'll be some tools to put some numbers on it but it'll be bollocks so it's, <laughs> it's, it's best to just go you know what it's working well so yeah it was really interesting yesterday um russell parsons who's the editor of marketing week was um um, speaking at the London event, and uh, he was mentioning how Diageo, rather than, you know, so Russell's sort of point was that um, ROI should absolutely be one of the measurements that we really value as marketers, but it's not the only one, you know, and, and we have sort of found ourselves in a place where a lot of discussions are simply based on ROI. And um, his argument, and he gave the example of Diageo, they actually, for each of their campaigns, they ask their staff to uh, come out with three to five metrics that would judge success. 
on any given campaign. And uh, so, you know, that it sort of moves the conversation just away from ROI and you start to measure other things, um, you know, so it might be brand perception or, or whatever it may be. Um, and that just sort of gives a far more holistic sort of view on, you know, a view on, on business and the effectiveness of marketing activity, you know, which does go beyond just, you know, activity to sale, you know, it can be a, a long-term thing, it can be a short-term thing, you know, it, it's, it's more complex than just uh, one plus one equals two sometimes, you know. Exactly, exactly. I think we've, we've, we have a tendency um, as marketers to oversimplify and say a customer journey just goes from A to B and it typically happens within a set amount of days. Yeah. And um, uh, it was part of a talk that I gave at, at the Cambridge Social Media Day. And I was just like, you know, I showed our customer journey. It's something that I'm not proud of. It's like people will go spin around in different things, download our blog, take a free trial, then forget the free trial, then watch a video, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Then, But I was like, as long as you're there providing valuable content, people will purchase you when the time is right. And I showed like two examples where over the course of some, between four and seven months, someone had first seen us, viewed our site 58 times, and then seven months later bought us. You know, like that's not a customer journey. Don't pretend you engineered that. It's just a case of like you were you were there at the right time that yeah. someone wanted to buy. So um, and over that time, you built trust. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? No, you're so right. And you know, I appreciate you saying as much as well, actually, because I think this is one of the not the lies that marketers tell, but certainly one of the ide idealistic sort of um stories that we like to tell but you know it's obviously not like that all the time so so good on you and thank you for making that point <laughs> Sorry. um so so i'm aware of time so i'm actually going to uh wrap up with a couple of final questions and um, mm -hmm. you can take these as fast as slow as you like um so the first one is you know obviously the social media space is one that is changing so rapidly you know, and you, you kind of alluded to it earlier that the product is usually six months behind where you'd want it to be. But I think any sort of founder could resonate with their business, you know, not just the platform being six months behind where it wants to be. I mean, how, how do you keep up with that change or, or attempt to keep up with that change? And um, I guess sort of blended into that question is you know, where, where are you sort of expecting the platform and, and sort of social media to go? in the next sort of three to five years. Cool. I can actually probably be fairly, fairly concise with this one. So um, one of the hardest things about this business in general um, is keeping up with social networks, really. Uh, and I think having conversations with anyone else in, a, in the social media tool capacity, they'll, they'll find the same frustrations. Um, Facebook are actually better than anyone else, but like Twitter and LinkedIn end up being quite faceless. So um, that's, that's definitely a challenge because you're basically beholden to them as to what you you can do mm -hmm. so our customers say oh it'd be great if i could do uh, like carousel posts on on instagram you're like well i'd love that too you know <laughs> but you know if we could <laughs> it wouldn't be that hard to build but we, we can't do it um so it's it's those it's those things that's just that's just a frustration is you know and but then again you you can also console yourself that everyone else is in the same boat, you know, and ultimately, you know, it is what it is. Um, so it's out of your sphere of influence or control. So, you know, <laughs> I used to fret and worry about it, but you can't, you can't do anything about it. So you, you just, how it goes. <laughs> I can't do anything. So I can't worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but then, then talking about like where things are going. So, and this is always an interesting one. Um, like, for example, TikTok have just released their API for uh, tools like us to publish content to. Um, and I Google my business as well. So I see that's obviously a lot older than TikTok, but I see only now seeing people migrate to that and more and more requests for Google my business, people seeing good results from that. Mm -hmm. um, TikTok, you ask any business person about TikTok, they're like, uh, I don't know. I've, they've heard they've heard of it, or like it's just another thing for the kids. Like I love it. And it's, it's, it's a wicked. It's I spent half an hour just scrolling through videos. It's such a time drain. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's like 
it's like I kind of part of me wants to go right. Well, let's let's build it because they got an API, and you know, let's just do it. Yeah. We haven't had any customer ask us for it. Should we do it just to to be ahead of the curve? Yeah. But then equally, there's a whole bunch of other things that you know, just kind of core feature updates and changes. There's never you've, you're never done. It's like it's like a piece of art. It's never finished. It stops in an interesting place. Yeah. You know, so. Um, so you, you're never done and you're kind of like, well, should you, could, should you do something that differentiates you? Um, because always, you know, being a tool like us, we're always slightly behind the curve because, you know, Facebook go, oh, great. We've got this canvas. You're like, oh, well, we can't do that. <laughs> so you know, and no one else can. Um, so that's a bit challenging. Um, and it's always a battle to know, to know where you want to go. Um, WhatsApp's an interesting one. Lots of requests for WhatsApp to be added to our publishing tools. Um, WhatsApp for business today has announced like having a catalog on your WhatsApp business page so people can shop from your WhatsApp. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so I think there's going to be lots of opportunity uh, for businesses around WhatsApp. Both, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll make a call to say that's going to be um, business pages on Facebook will will slowly die, um, and more focus will go onto WhatsApp for more business focused mm -hmm. um, and conversion orientated stuff. That's probably my my prediction on it. Um, we'll see if that that that's my opinion though. My <laughs> opinion. I'm going to so, come back to this in five years and say yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so um and then oh something else i was going to say to that uh oh, i can't remember i can't remember kind of, uh, kind of be interesting um ah uh, yes that was it so so that's it from a social media perspective because i'm answering these two questions in one so so whatsapp definitely um and we'll be you know we're going to see a more prevalence of that from a from a, a from a business perspective and the need to put that in content colors started to you know, the requests have started to come in for that, which is quite cool. Um, but simply from a broader content health perspective, um, we, we don't want to just see it as social media anymore. We want to see like content as, as content. So um, basically our kind of mantra being, you know, create once and place everywhere really. So uh, being able to publish it across Facebook, across to your, to your blog, to your newsletter, to email, that kind of thing. Now you can do this through a bunch of integrations today, but we're, we're just making that whole process a whole, a whole lot easier. That's kind of in development at the moment. So the idea being that we become less a, you know, a Hootsuite buffer alternative and a replacement to Google Sheets into being like a, a you know, a full-on content management tool Absolutely. that, you know, businesses, rather than just using it as a social media team, they use it across their broader marketing team. Right. So yeah, that's, that's where we're headed. God, what a journey. What a journey from now TV with some spreadsheets. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, that's good. It's good. Well, wicked. Well, um, I think we'll wrap up there, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing an awful lot of stuff with you guys over the coming months, at least, and hopefully uh, much longer into the future. Um, I imagine so. <laughs> so um, Andy will be available uh, at various marketing meetups and events, but um, I'm sure he'd be very happy to hear from you as well at any point. And, and likewise myself, so uh, Andy Lambert, thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate it. My you. pleasure, Jay. And uh, yeah, a great session. So thank you very much. Amazing. Anytime, as I said. So yeah, it's been really enjoyable. And yeah, thanks so much for your time, mate. I appreciate it. Nice one. Appreciate you too. Um, right. right. I love this mutual loving. All right. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> Cheers.